0: Welcome to Languages and Books, the podcast for language learners, language enthusiasts, language fanatics, and even book lovers. My name is Abusala Kimbala, and I am your host on this show. Hola! I'm sure you're wondering why I said hola. Well, I have an amazing guest with me today, all the way from Brazil. Okay, so his name is Steven Green, and, you know, let me just do a bit of introduction. So, Steven comes from the UK, but has been traveling around the world as an English teacher for over 25 years. In that time, he has taught in Poland, Russia, Taiwan, and London for the last 15 years he has lived and worked in brazil he has a master's degree in linguistics as well as a diploma in teaching english as a second language steven runs a podcast as well for english students called learning english with steven but in today's episode we're going to talk about how steven learned portuguese hello steven welcome to languages and books i excited to be on the show
1: i'm very excited thank you very much for having me it's a it's a great honor to be here
0: okay so let's get right into today's episode So tell me, how did you learn Portuguese?
1: Well, basically living in Brazil, through living here, I needed Portuguese 24 hours a day. I was exposed to Portuguese all the time. So I basically had to learn Portuguese. I had no choice. Great.
0: Okay, so what is the one thing you did that worked for you while learning Portuguese?
1: Something that I still do today is comparing and contrasting Portuguese with English. So I like to find similarities Uh, The similarities can be grammatical or vocabulary. There's a lot of vocabulary, which is very similar because English vocabulary, a lot of it comes from Latin. So either finding similarities or more importantly, identifying the differences. How is English different to Portuguese? And by focusing on the differences, I can sort of remember, okay, so this is how we say it in English, but they say it totally differently in Portuguese. So I need to remember the different way of saying it in Portuguese. For me, That's something I started doing very early on in my Portuguese learning, and I still do it today, years later, even though now I can more or less speak Portuguese, I'm still constantly comparing and contrasting the two languages.
0: Great. Okay, so did you have a language learning routine? Like, what was your routine like Were you studying daily? What was it like for you?
1: Nowadays, I don't really have a routine. I tried classes a few times. I never really liked the classes. I never really found a teacher that I liked. The number one thing that I used to do uh, right at the beginning, for the first couple of years, I had a lexical notebook. Okay. A lexical notebook is a way of not just making a note of your language. Everybody does this. We make a note of the language that we've learned. But a lexical notebook is a way of organizing that language so that it's easy to find in the future. And it also helps, it mirrors the way the brain remembers vocabulary. So it helps the brain to remember things. I'm also quite a visual person. So I could close my eyes and kind of see the vocabulary on the paper. And I used to do that every day. To start, it was quite an effort to start. It took a a lot of work to get the notebook organized. But once I had it organized, it was just five, ten minutes every day of adding new vocabulary, new phrases to this notebook. And when I added a new word, I could revise old phrases as well. And that was the number one best thing that I did for my Portuguese vocabulary. I recommend it to everybody, all my students. I get them to start a lexical notebook and it really worked for me. And it works for my students as well.
0: Great. Okay. So what were your biggest challenges while learning Portuguese?
1: Biggest challenge for me was masculine and feminine words. Coming from an English language background where we basically don't have masculine and feminine, the the biggest problem I had was why do we have masculine and feminine? What's the point?
0: (laughs) Why is it (laughs) gender-based?
1: Exactly. What I learned was that just ignore the word masculine and feminine, just It could be anything, group A, group B. It's not about it being masculine. It's just a different category of word. And once I realized that, it became a lot easier for me to accept it and to work with it.
0: Great. So what is the best thing you've enjoyed from your ability to speak and understand Portuguese? I know you live in Brazil, but I'm sure you've enjoyed one or two things so can you tell me
1: there's there's so much about learning another language any language that gives you a lot of enjoyment there's a, a an old poem in english which is about living in england there's a line in it and it says what does he of england know if only england he knows so what they're saying is if you only live in england you don't really understand england and i think it's the same with language if you only speak your own language You don't really know your own language. You have to go and learn a different language to truly understand your first language and so learning Portuguese to an advanced level has really made me truly understand English and how English works, how English sees the world and it's this comparing and contrasting how Portuguese sometimes sees the world in the same way as English but sometimes it sees it in a totally different way and that gives me insights into English but that, that's probably the, the most important thing, the, the thing that's given me the most enjoyment of course is also the, the, the fact that I'm able to integrate with into Brazilian society, make Brazilian friends and things like this that I just wouldn't be able to do if I couldn't speak any Portuguese.
0: Okay. Okay. So what are your thoughts on language learning apps? There are a lot of apps out there. What do you think? Are they effective enough? And if you agree with the apps and all that, can you share some learning apps for people that are learning Portuguese?
1: Well, when I started learning Portuguese, it was the days before apps. I I came (laughs) to Brazil about 15 years ago. We didn't really have them. I recommend some to my students. And I think if you're a a self-motivated learner, Then they can be very useful. They can be very helpful. I have my son. My son is nine years old. He speaks English and Portuguese and he starts to learn Spanish by using Duolingo, and it's just that five, ten minutes every day. I think this habit of doing a little bit every day, the apps can be extremely useful in organizing this habit. Of course, it's not going to be enough on its own, but I think they can be a good way to start learning a language and to organize your language learning and to get this habit of studying a little bit every day. Okay,
0: so is it just Duolingo? Do you have other apps for Portuguese learners? like specific
1: uh Specific apps for Portuguese, unfortunately, I don't know any. There's not a lot of investment in Portuguese as a, as a foreign language. I mean, if you look at the number of the, the number of speakers of Portuguese, it's about the 11th biggest in the world, but it's only outside of, there's the biggest country is obviously Brazil. And there's not a lot of demand for Portuguese as a foreign language. There is some demand, but not a lot of demand compared to other languages.
0: Okay, so do you have any tips for anyone who wants to learn Portuguese?
1: My number one tip would be the pronunciation. There are some sounds in Portuguese that don't exist in many other languages. And Mm -hmm. so by being comfortable, especially the nasal sounds, there's a lot, especially for English speakers, we don't have these nasal sounds like, um, where the sound comes through the nose. So being able to make these sounds and produce these sounds makes you sound better. I mean, accent is not important. It's, it's not important if you have a foreign accent, but these sounds are important to be understood and they give you this confidence as well that you can produce the language and produce the sounds effective. So yeah, I, I would say first thing is Vocabulary and then focus on the pronunciation of that vocabulary. Don't worry. Por- uh, Brazilians always say that Portuguese is really complicated. The grammar is very complicated. <laughs> it is, but that's not the most important thing. Get some vocabulary, produce that vocabulary properly properly and people will love you for it because so few people do learn portuguese that if you do study portuguese people think you're amazing
0: okay okay thank you so much so let's talk about um you being an online english tutor so what are your biggest challenges as an online english tutor and have you ever had um, a student that found it difficult to learn English?
1: A student found it difficult to learn English? Unfortunately, yes, I've had uh, quite a few. Part of the problem is that people get this block. They convince themselves that they cannot learn English or any language. And I think one of the reasons for that is the way they're taught at school. That perhaps it's very focused on grammar, perhaps the teacher is telling them what they can't do, not what they can do. And so people get this idea that I can't learn language. Once they have this block, it's very difficult to reduce this block. That's one of the biggest challenges that I have. In terms of teaching online, first few classes can sometimes be a problem, partly technological problems, because some people don't know which button to press how to turn on the microphone and things like that. But once we've overcome that problem, my number one job in the first half dozen lessons is to make people feel comfortable being online. I generally have small, either private classes one-to-one or small groups of up to four students. So it's easier to get people involved and talking online. If you've got big classes, 15, 30 students, this is a real problem. Trying to get people talking online, communicating online. The biggest problem that I find is that when you're face to face, you can have two or three conversations at the same time. Your ear, you can ignore people talking over there and focus people talking on your left, for example. Online, everything comes through the same speaker. And so if you've got two or three people speaking at the same time, it's impossible to focus on one person or two people. So it's got to be very organized. Who's talking when? You can't have three or four conversations going at the same time. This reduces the noise that you get in the classroom. A good language classroom is brilliant when you've got noise. Lots of different conversations in English happening at the same time. You just can't do this online. So you have to be much more controlled.
0: Okay, so you have a master's degree in linguistics, right? So please share That's how right, that yes. it helped you as a language tutor and learner.
1: Well, as a tutor, the first thing it did was give me the confidence that I know what I'm talking about. And once I have that confidence, my students have confidence in me. One of the most important things I think in a teacher-student relationship in terms of language is this confidence that the teacher knows what he or she is doing. I'm doing things for a reason, not just to waste time. I'm doing them because you are going to learn language through this. And telling my students that I have a linguistics degree gives them that confidence in me that I know what I'm doing. It gave me insights into language, it gave me ideas about what language is, what's important about language. For example, I honestly think that vocabulary or more specifically Lexis is much more important than grammar. I'm not saying that grammar is not important, obviously it is. But if we teach Lexis more than vocabulary, have this focus will be much more important. I also have a lot of students, they love talking about language, about the reasons why we do things in English. I can tell stories about the history of English, how it started with Anglo-Saxons, how the French influence on English, and giving reasons why. Why does English have these crazy verb tenses? Why does English have these phrasal verbs? And so as soon as I can tell people why something exists, they're happy with it. It's similar to me that masculine and feminine in Portuguese. As soon as I understood why we have these categories, I was able to accept it and just work with it. I think this is really important for students, telling them why. Not just it is because it is, but saying it is because of this king in the 13th century or something like this. So, yeah, my my master's degree gave me confidence. It gave me a lot of answers and it gave me the reasons to focus on Lexis more than grammar.
0: Great. Okay, so I understand that you have a son and he speaks English and Portuguese. So what's the language of communication like at home? Do you speak English with your son or do you mix both languages? You know, just tell us briefly about it.
1: So my son is now nine years old. Before he was born, I have always spoken English to him. My wife and I, we had a plan before he was born what we were going to do. She was going to speak Portuguese to him, I was going to speak English. As a family, we try to speak English more than Portuguese. Outside the house is Portuguese. When we're with his friends or family, I speak Portuguese in front of my son. It's not that he thinks I can't speak Portuguese. He knows I can't.
0: Does he correct Most you sometimes?
1: Of them. <laughs> Recently, he, he not only corrects my Portuguese, he started correcting my English as well, uh, which is highly <laughs> embarrassing. But uh, I think that's uh, inevitable for children and their parents. Okay. When I speak English to my son, he more often than not, he will reply in Portuguese. It's just easier for him. He has Portuguese 24 hours a day. If I insist on English, he can speak English to me. And when he's talking to my parents back in England or we go on a a trip to see my family and friends, he speaks English. He, he, He has the English, but it's just easier for him not to think about it, just to open his mouth and Portuguese comes out of his mouth. I try not to force him. I believe that the your language choice, it's one of the most basic things that we have. What language am I going to speak? And for him, he has that choice of English or Portuguese. So I encourage him to speak English, but if he wants to speak Portuguese, basically that's up to him.
0: Great. Okay, so if you were given an opportunity to learn Portuguese again, what will you do differently?
1: I would try harder to find uh, a good Portuguese teacher. I think in my first few years, I didn't learn learn as efficiently and effectively as I could have if I had managed to find a good teacher. I would tell myself not to worry about mistakes. I'd always tell my students, don't worry about mistakes. It's not important. You can make mistakes. Mistakes are good. But then when I came to speak Portuguese, I was always worried about making mistakes and I missed opportunities <laughs> to speak because I was like, oh, my God, they're going to think I'm stupid. They're going to think I don't know what I'm talking about. I really should have. But that's my personality, I think. I'm not sure how that could be changed. That, that's me as a person. But I, I wish I could have changed that uh, that aspect. Uh, not to worry about the grammar and focus much more on the vocabulary and the lect- Those would be the three things. Find a good teacher. Don't worry about mistakes and focus on the Lexus instead of the grammar.
0: Okay. So do you love reading books? Like, what's your favorite book?
1: I love reading books. When I started traveling, we didn't have computers. Well, we had computers, but we didn't have good laptops, phones or anything. So a lot of the time, my only escape was a book. And I was always looking for opportunities to get new books and things. It's difficult to answer the question, what's my favorite book? book. The, most,
0: <laughs> most the most important book, book, of book in us my life. book
1: don't have a favorite book. <laughs> No, it depends on the day, depends on your feeling. I think the most important book in my life was On the Road by Jack Kerouac. I read that when I was about 17. And it made me want to get out and travel and see the world. And on the road, he he travels all over the United States. I I didn't want to do that, but I did want to travel around the world. But the book that I go back to a lot, it's a series of books by Terry Pratchett, uh, the Discworld series. He creates this sort of alternative world. It's very similar to ours, but it's not. It's a parody of our world. It's a parody of the fantasy genre. I love fantasy, but it's a parody of the fantasy genre. And he's able to make criticisms of the way we live. Uh, It's extremely funny, but it also gives you lessons about what's good, what's not. There's one character in it. He creates these different habits, good habits. And he refuses to break these habits. The reason he refuses to break them is he says there are good reasons to break them. But if I break my habits for a good reason, very shortly I'll be breaking my habits for a bad reason. He says he will never break his habits. And this is something that chimes with me. If I believe something is right, I have to do it, even if it's, there is a good reason not to do it, because very quickly I will find a bad reason not to do it. So Terry this Discworld series, I've, there's about 40 of these books. I've got them all downstairs. Every year I go back to them and I read them all over again.
0: Wow, that's interesting. Okay, so for someone listening to the show who wants to take English classes with you, like advanced classes and all that, how can the person reach you? So I think you should tell us about your classes, your
1: podcast and... Okay, well, everything I do is through my site. You can find my podcasts on my site, which is englishwithsteven.com. You'll find all my podcasts. Uh, My podcasts are short episodes between five and 10 minutes. They are either about learning strategies or stories about words. For example, the word boycott. Where did that word come from? It was a, a man who lived in Ireland in the 1870s, the 1880s. And the local community decided to ignore him because they didn't like what he was doing. And his name was Boycott. That word came from his name and it's now spread all over the world. There's another one about chauvinist, uh, which comes from the uh, Napoleonic Wars. So I'd like to explore where words come from or talk about learning strategies. So that's English with Stephen. And that site as well, there's a page about having classes with me. You can find links to Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, LinkedIn. I'm on everything.
0: available on your website.
1: You can find all of this through my website, englishwithstephen.com.
0: Great. All right. So I think we've come to the end of this show already thank you so much steven for being a guest on languages and books so how do you say thank you in portuguese say obrigado obrigado (laughs)
1: that's it it's like a it's like obliged much obliged so obrigado is obliged so obrigado but you would say i say obrigado with an o at the end because i'm a man You would say, obrigada, with an A at the end, because you're a woman. There's a masculine and a feminine thing there as well.
0: Okay, so what if I'm talking to a man? Like, I want to tell a man, thank you. Am I going to say, obrigada, because I'm a woman?
1: Yes, doesn't matter who you're talking to, but because you're a woman, you will always say, obrigada.
0: Obrigada, right? Did I get that correctly?
1: (laughs) Perfect. That's perfect. The right stress, the right rhythm, everything. Perfect. Parabéns. Congratulations.
0: (laughs) Uh, You want to say something in Portuguese before we go? Just, you know, one word. So, usually, I end my show by saying, um, if you want to learn another language, start now, practice daily, and don't stop. Right? Start now, practice daily, and don't stop. Is it possible for you to say that in Portuguese?
1: Okay. Começa agora e não para. Literally, if it's start now, don't stop. Começa agora, start now, não para, don't stop.
0: Okay. Okay, thank you so much once again. Obrigada.
1: Thank you very much. It's a pleasure. My uh, pleasure. It's my pleasure.
0: Great. Uh, I'll probably send you emails, and we'll just take up continue the conversation
1: via email. I'm looking forward to it.
0: Great. Thank you so much. Thank you. All right. So remember, if you want to learn another language, start now. Practice daily. Thanks for listening. Please subscribe, leave a review, and share this episode with a friend. If you haven't joined the Languages and Books private community on Facebook, what are you waiting for?